0: Welcome to the week 13 Establish the Edge GPP Game Scores podcast with myself and Adam Roush. As always, Adam and I uh, will look through the week 12 stuff the previous week before we get into the current week. And if you're watching on the Establish the Edge YouTube channel, you can see we've got the week 12 game stack plot up. Kind of an interesting plot, Adam, where we've got a lot of games in the upper right section of this, which means they all scored well, but they're all owned a decent bit. We had ownership really spread out onto Rams Cardinals, Bucks Colts, Jags Texans, and Bills Eagles. The Bills Eagles really got there in the end. The Allen stuff, we kind of felt the ownership steam coming late Sunday morning, and then it hit even harder than we expected. So Kind of an interesting dynamic where we really liked that game on ceiling. I started to shy away a little bit from the Allen side and moved more towards the Hertz side just based on how ownership was going Sunday morning.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't blame you for doing that. Um, but the, the the way that that stack hit was actually in a way that I, I don't think many people expected. And it kind of helped average out the ownership, which was uh, with Gabe Davis and Devonta Smith hitting at less than 10% for, for both of those guys. Um, so even though you had Alan at, well, I think in the slant, he was around 19%, that stack average percentage came out to about just about 12%. So that, that higher number there, uh, or that the average ownership being higher, um, on, on the, on the total of the game, uh, you'll see that displayed in the scatter, but the, the stack that actually hit was a little bit more, I'm sorry, was a little bit less owned than that, uh. But, you know, just like we like Thanksgiving, multiple multiple options to build your plate, there were still multiple <laughs> ways to win uh, on the on the uh, Thanksgiving main slate. Uh, we saw, I saw some lineups with Stroud and Lawrence stacks uh, mixed in there at the top of leaderboards. I mean, Josh Allen game stacks were, were the primary uh, winners. But uh, I even saw some home stacks in there. Um, but, yeah, primarily Allen stacks. Uh the, the interesting part I think about last week was, you know, it was kind of a low-scoring wide receiver week. On the whole, I think Rasheed Rice was the wide receiver one at 27 DraftKings points. So a lot of the, the lineups that won that used that Allen game stack didn't necessarily have to 4X every position. Um, they correlated, you know, with guys like Shakir or DeAndre Swift or even Stefan Diggs. And those guys didn't necessarily, you know, have massive games, but um, because they were able to land on Kyron or Fryermuth, um, you know the 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 game stack without every single position 4xing uh, was still a viable way to win last week.
0: Yeah, the running backs absolutely smashed across the board last week too. Um, I had I had a lineup with three players, three running backs that scored two touchdowns each. And I don't think any of them were in the optimal lineup, which is which is impressive. Um wow. with the yeah. Pacheco chalk going off late. Kyron was really the must have, and even Najee Harris early at his salary was really huge. So it was definitely an interesting slate. And as you said, like it was really the Allen skinny to Gabe. You could live with Shakir. And if you had the Devonta Smith bring back, that really kind of escalated things. If you had that kind of as your three wide receivers, that was sort of the nuts. But um. Yeah, you could definitely survive. Uh, just an okay spot in one of the wide receivers. Let's go to week thirteen. You can see the game scores we have up here, and one game we have Adam very clearly leading the way here, and it's San Francisco at Philly, and that is a late game. So keep that in mind for late swap. That game's there's only three games in a late window though. So there's there's The tough part with that, there's honestly not a lot to swap off of or into if you swap off of that, because the other two late games are Cleveland at the Rams, which is a little bit gross. Carolina at Tampa Bay, also a little bit gross. I think your swap options, Adam, there if like you had a chalky San Francisco Philly stack and um, you needed to deviate would be to go from like a bigger game stack to maybe a skinny stack where you hit the nuts and then switch like. AJ Brown to Cooper cup or something like that um, to just to get some more ceiling and a little bit lower ownership, but you couldn't completely get off the game. Um, Pulling back from late swap though, it's tied for the high or it's the second tied for the second highest total on the slate at 47 and a half. And just a spot where we always have both these teams with really high ceilings on their individual players because of the team touchdown potential and the efficiency on guys for San Francisco in particular, more volume expected, especially in the past game.
1: Yeah, it's on on the surface, it kind of sets up similarly, or it looks like it sets up similarly to the Eagles-Bills game last week, where it's like the best game environment on paper by far, setting up kind of in this this late window, where you have two teams that have really high uh, ceiling projections and base projections. Um, I think it's important to... Keep in context when we're talking about um, stacks this week that uh, we can't really ignore the Zach Moss projection and ownership right now. And I think it kind of plays into this game a little bit because what I think, I think this is going to be a game that you can play, but I think there's going to be a popular build um, with Purdy stacks. And we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but building around Purdy and CMC stacks uh, is is definitely a, um, a plus EV way to build on DraftKings, especially. And I think with the Zach Moss price and projection, I think a lot of people are going to want to start off, you know, if I can fit in Zach Moss at 4,600, that's going to allow me the salary to get up to CMC. And then I can pair him with Purdy and maybe run it back with um, an Eagles pass catcher. So I think that's kind of bored out in the project- ownership projections on the San Francisco side. Um, but yeah, I would not be surprised at all for people to kind of eat the chalk on the running back there and then try to get a little bit different on the pass catcher side where there's a bit lower ownership across the board, um, especially on the Eagle side. And yeah, I think we're going to kind of run into a situation again, where if we're picking between QBs, uh, you know, pick the, pick the less expensive one. Um, and and last we get kind of played out in the same scenario where you're picking between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, even though they were closer in price than Hurts and Purdy are this week. But if you played Hurts, you were paying $300 more last week for Hurts. And although he did well, you see Allen show up in all the winning lineups um, at his ceiling game at $300 less. So if I'm playing this game, I'm inclined to play the Purdy side and I'm willing to kind of eat the chalk on the running back if I have to.
0: Yeah, the, the only like advantage for the philly side is you could get really low ownership we have kind of single digit ownership on all the philly players right now so if you do get you know hurts to aj brown tough to fit but if you do that it goes off and you don't have cmc you have just like a san francisco pass catcher you could get a little bit more unique that way but yeah it's gonna be interesting the zach moss stuff i know we're talking stacks but he's gonna be we have him at like 78 percent small field ownership (laughs) right now which is Yeah, outrageous and by far the highest we've had all season. So, um, yeah, definitely something to keep in mind if you're playing him. You're going to want to get different elsewhere.
1: Uh, I will say um, it's going to be, I think the inclination this week at tight end is going to be to spend down, but you can get George Kittle at very low ownership, um, even though you're going to have to pay up for him this week. And, like, if you want to play into the chalky San Francisco side and you still want to kind of get some low ownership on their side, you can play Kittle. Um,
0: or even IU there. So just throwing, throwing that out there as well. The Denver-Houston game shares of 47 and a 47.5 total. We have get this game in Houston in a dome, which is always nice, especially as we get later in the year. The weather doesn't look too bad in the East Coast games. A little bit of rain in some spots, but um, still preferable to be in a dome. And yeah, Adam, um, it's been tough to... For me to play Stroud at his salary has been like the biggest issue. And we kind of see that again this week where he's at 8,100, which is just really a huge tag and it has him as a pretty negative value on DraftKings. But you look at like the individual players on Houston and Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Week in and week out have shown ceilings to pay off their tags. We think Dalton Schultz is going to be out in this game. And that's how we have it projected. I should note that if that holds, the ownership on Brevin Jordan is going to come up, which will drop the game score. Cause we're already assuming like all the good aspects of it, like better value for him. Um, but we don't have any ownership on him because we're sort of the only ones projecting Schultz out right now. But he's min price. So I think there's some situations where you could stack this game up and I've done this in small field where like I have one where I basically have two game stacks in one lineup and one of them's without the QB. I'm fine doing that with Houston. Like you can play two Houston pass catchers, use a Denver bring back and not have the quarterback on either side. I think and have it still make sense.
1: Yeah. I like that. I like that take there. Um, it was it was definitely easier to play Strad when he was kind of in the low to mid sevens. Uh, and, but yeah, as you said, now he's 8,100 on DraftKings this week. It's just a tough click. Um, you've really got to hope for an outsized score there. So I'm kind of in favor too of the stack, maybe without the quarterback, if you want to try to play this game. Uh, the only thing I'm not sure of, uh, I'm not sure of the status of Noah Brown. I thought I had seen a report that, he was back at practice. I guess we'll keep an eye on that. The only reason I bring that up is because if Dalton Schultz is ruled out, which I, I think that is going to happen. um, I could see the Texans kind of refer like referring back to their game plan from a couple weeks ago where they really got Noah Brown heavily involved. I know against Cincy, Nico Collins wasn't playing in that game either, but um, if Brown is in, which I, you know, don't quote me on that, but I I, I want to say he was back at practice. If he is and he's going to play, he could also be a focal part of their offense moving forward this week. Um, and then on the Denver side, I mean, we've, such, we've seen such a strong rapport with Russ and, and Cortland Sutton. Um, so I could see Sutton being a popular uh, a popular play in stacks or even just standalone. Um, you can throw on the Texans defense. They've been thrown on the last... Couple weeks, uh, even at home. So, yeah, I, I'm i interested in this game and uh, I, I think there's definitely some ceiling there. But I, I agree with you on the whole. I don't think you necessarily have to play with the QB.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't feel great, but Jerry Judy in this game, you know, it's not an amazing wide receiver slate. I think you can make a justification for him as at a cheaper tag and lower price than Cortland Sutton. And Yeah, shout out to the preseason when there was like a six round gap the other way between these players in ADP, which is pretty wild. Uh, Then like stuff gets a little bit ugly. You know, we get the Chargers at New England game and the Miami at Washington game tied here. Miami at Washington, much, much cleaner from a field perspective than uh, Chargers at New England. But of course, ownership and and price tags play a role in all this stuff. The Miami at Washington game does have the highest total on the slate The Washington games are always a little bit fun to stack up because their secondary is awful. I think they're the worst team in pass rate DVOA or they're down there and they allow big plays too. It's not like, you know, high completion rate, low yards per completion. It's like downfield plays, which is what Miami does well. And on the flip side, Sam Howell's going to chuck, especially if they get down. So there's definitely some excitement. In that regard, I do expect, you know, Tyreek Hill to be pretty fairly popular this week because it's, you know, from a field perspective, it seems like an obvious spot. And we mentioned the Zach Moss chalk. Part of what feeds into the Zach Moss chalk isn't just how absurd of a value that Moss is, but how that opens up a slate where we do have some legitimately really good expensive plays cmc being one of them that we hit and tyreek really being the other one
1: yeah and yeah i i agree with you i think that's exactly the reason that tyreek is going to be owned where he's at um aside from just his raw ceiling which is just insane this week he's got a 43 point ceiling projection on DraftKings right now oh mike we were so close to getting a game with a 50-point total this week. We I almost it. One, we haven't had one since week five. And this game is currently sitting at 49.5. So we still have some hope. But, um, yeah, it's... I mean, you can't really ask for a uh, a better... In, you know, as far as pass rate, for a better environment than this game uh, on both sides. Um, I kind of think if you're... If people are going to stack this game with Washington, then... I could see the ownership being a little bit higher on guys like Curtis Samuel or maybe even Jahan Dotson. I know they're, we have them projected mm. pretty low right now, but um, like you said, if you're going to play the Tyreek play, I, and sure, if you want to pair it with Zach Moss, like you're going to save salary there, but I think kind of people's inclination is, okay, if I'm going to stack with an expensive receiver like Tyreek, how can I correlate on the other side but also – free up some additional space on my roster. So I could see Samuel getting a little bit more played than he's projected at. I could see Logan Thomas, even though we have him over 11% on, on DK right now, I could see that being a little bit higher, even, Um, and maybe even Dotson as well, but I like the game a lot. Um, Curious to think, I'm curious to, to get your thoughts on if you think people will try to stack this game more with, the two Tyreek or if you think they'll really try to be salary conscious and play with the Howell stack and maybe just incorporate Tyreek that way
0: yeah I think you know the the boring answer is I think it might be split like somewhat on DraftKings I do think on FanDuel with the salary capping a little bit looser you're going to see more of the the Tua side of things than you are the Howell side of things um, I feel pretty good about that distinction but yeah on DraftKings the price difference is wider and it's just tougher to begin with. So both those things added together, I think are going to shift things a little bit more to howl, but, but pretty split between the two. So it'll be interesting to see definitely a lot of pass volume. These first three games we've talked about Adam, I think are going to carry a lot of the ownership. When you look, it's like hard to want to play the quarterbacks in a lot of these other games. I mentioned we'd have chargers, new England up there. Like you're not, playing you know Bailey Zappy most likely i don't they not um oh man he's very cheap on DraftKings, but i i don't think you're gonna get there and then herbert's like really overpriced in my yeah. opinion so that's a game that rates these on game scores because you've got really low ownership and some like decent value like you get Devonte parker hunter henry is like really cheap values that aren't played um the Chargers side, you get some ceiling on Keenan if he goes. I know he's mispracticed a couple of times this week. On Eckler, no one's playing Eckler. Jalen Guyton's another one of those cheap values that does have like a decent ceiling. So like some interesting minis here, but you're you're not game stacking it. The no. other stacks that are like mildly interesting. Um you know, we get next in line, we get Arizona at Pittsburgh, Detroit at New Orleans. Detroit, New Orleans, you, you know, you get a dome game and with a pretty good total here at 46 and a half. The Lions defense, as we saw you know, last week on Thanksgiving versus the Packers, like they've really been in a downswing the last several weeks and it really came to a peak there. So that gives some optimism, but then you've got pass catchers out for New Orleans, which like, as we always say, it reduces how much we like the game overall, but it does sometimes help the game score because we get some values that we normally wouldn't Um, and then the Arizona Pittsburgh game, you know, if you want to play the narrative that Matt Canada was truly the worst OC ever, which is possible given that the team didn't once hit 400 yards of offense with him. And then they do it in the very first game without him, Arizona's defense has been straight trash. So you get some cheap picket stacks as an option too. Um, but yeah, it's nothing that feels that great. How do you feel about those games?
1: Yeah, I, I'm really not inclined to play the chargers Patriots stack. Uh, I think at best I'm, I'm mini correlating there. If anything, um, uh, just, just not a huge fan of the environment overall, but I, I based on the, how we have, you know, based on the salaries and the values, I can, I understand why the game score is going to be where it's at, um, it's just, you know, when you're comparing that game to the other two games we just kind of briefly mentioned, I think I'm more interested in the other two. The New Orleans-Detroit game score is worse off, I think, because of how uh, how in shambles New Orleans passing game is right now. And even though you're getting kind of some better, maybe some better values on these cheaper receivers, I think it's it's really hurting the ceiling overall um on the new orleans side which is kind of bringing down the average ceiling of the game in general so i mean of course if olave was in if shaheed was in michael thomas was in this game score i think would be way up on the would be a lot further up on the table but it kind of is what it is but i kind of like the detroit stack maybe as a kind of like a a bad recency bias contrarian stack where you know in weeks past it's been kind of a chalkier stack to play Amon ra and and
0: oh, I, I lost Adam. There froze for a second, but yeah, the Amon Ra Laporta stuff has. I don't, I don't know if you want to go go out and come back in. Sometimes that helps. When when you, you got me now,
1: or because I, I can, I got you now.
0: Oh, I got you now. But yeah, nah, okay, I, I think you lost. Yet you when you were talking about like how the Amon Ra Laporta golf stuff had been had been more popular in recent weeks, and yeah. now it's not going to be. This it, week.
1: Yeah, now it's not going to be. They've got some bad recency bias going for them. Um, so I, it's it's easier from an ownership perspective to play the Detroit side this week. And if you really wanted to bring it back on a on a cheap New Orleans receiver, um, you could. And then Pittsburgh and Arizona, I think it's kind of like, you know, it's gross, but um, yeah, you know, you're getting you're getting an affordable stack there with. Uh, Pittsburgh being at home against a really bad defense. And the other nice thing about that game is you've got two tight ends with Trey McBride and Pat Firemuth, who have um, both shown you ceiling games. Firemuth most recently last week and McBride is just, his role is just, has been incredible. So um, I kind of like those two games more than the, uh, the Chargers Patriots game.
0: Yeah. I'm interested to see where the Pittsburgh ownership comes in at. I know last week, like Deontay, was projecting as somewhat chalky. And I think he came in like well under that. But him and Pickens are really both pretty affordable and probably don't have much ownership. So I do think that one is interesting. We'll keep an eye on the health status of Trey McBride on the Arizona side of things too, which could you know, open up some of the cheap pass catchers that aren't him. And yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot out there this week uh there's you know the india tennessee game you know there's some individual plays in these games that seem fine but it's hard to like talk yourself into a big game stack there uh the carolina at tampa bay game i think you can make arguments for baker to evans almost any week like just that yeah. alpha skinny uh, possibly even including a chalky Rashad White in the stack because of his pass catching role. I don't think you have to bring back Tampa Bay stuff. You know, you're just hoping that they kind of find the end zone via passing touchdowns. There are guys to bring it back with, but like they don't rate that well at all. So I think a Tampa Bay stack with no bring back is also on the table this week. But yeah, there's not a there's not a ton. Turn out there to get get yeah. excited about
1: not really I, I and i will say the game score for the the colts titans game is is low right now and a lot of that is because of the ownership the average ownership which is really high because of zach moss so i i i do encourage people to keep that in mind when looking at that game score is that that score is going to be dragged down by zach moss's ownership um but you know, I, I guess if you were looking at both those games, I w- I wouldn't be totally upset about. Certainly not about stacking. You know, maybe a couple Tampa plays correlating, a couple Tampa plays. I, I think that's fine. And again, I you know, if you wanted to try to get some get creative with a a Colts Titans mini, um, I think it's fine. Um, but just just for people to keep in mind, just to provide some context as to why that game score is where it's at.
0: Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy I know Levitan likes a lot this week. That doesn't look like he's going to carry any ownership. And I think this spot for him is a bit better than it's been the past few weeks, but let's go to dirt plants. Uh, we certainly have options for dirt plants. <laughs> it's hard because the, the dirt plants are in the bad games as opposed to like, sometimes we find a dirt plant and a good game that makes it work. I don't know if that's necessarily the case this week. Where, where are you going with yours, Adam?
1: Yeah, I, when I was initially looking at the slate, uh, I thought for sure I was going to be able to say Juwan Johnson, but I mean, he's like... <laughs> chalky, Juwan he's chalky Johnson. He's chalky. Yeah, he's chalky. And so I really can't go him. Um, man, I, this would seem like a good week, like a week to come up with a good dirt plant, but I was just really having a tough time with it. I thought about maybe Jerry Judy, but like I just really couldn't muster that. So I'm going to go way... Way down in the dirt, and get a guy who's uh, who's who's PR more than anything. <laughs> at least on tape has been um, pretty pretty bad in recent weeks. But he's in a good spot at home against a bad defense, and his quarterback is kind of gross too. But he was projecting all right, so I'll go Deontay Johnson this week.
0: Okay, yeah, I like that one, and that's one as I mentioned. Like I'm really kind of interested to see what the ownership comes in on, on him, because I have a feeling he might get squeezed a little bit because the guys that do previous weeks that kind of trend seems to continue, but with the team doing well and facing Arizona, I don't know if that makes people feel a little bit rosier. So that's a good one. I was looking, you know, I think Brandon Ike's too talented to be a dirt plant. So we can't, do that but he looks a little bit low owned in that philly san francisco game i'm going to go to the one that you you couldn't really get yourself onto that's jerry judy i think in this denver houston game again i'm not going to feel i'm fine using three players in this game without necessarily forcing the quarterback and i think judy makes sense he's cheaper and lower owned than Sutton. i think javante williams is going to be pretty chalky so if we get a jerry judy game it could pay off in a big way and the salary is pretty nice just to make other things work in your lineup Love All right, that's gonna do it on this edition of the GPP Game Scores Podcast. Make sure you check out Adam on Twitter, A R A U C H one. That's A Rouch one on tw- on X, I should say. And yeah, make sure you check out the Establish the Run in Season <coughs> package if you're not a premium subscriber already. Dink and I will be back tomorrow morning with Established a Million to break down all things GPP on DraftKings and FanDuel. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Best of luck this week.